0: The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts
1: now. Welcome back to hour number two of today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you on this Wednesday, December the 29th, 2021. It is 8.02 on your Tucson Wednesday morning. And whether you're listening on the AM side at 1490, on the FM side at 104.9, or if you're listening via the live stream, which can be found on ESPNTucson.com, Regardless, I appreciate you tuning in here to the Jeff Dean Show. We try to bring you all the best information, entertainment, and opinions every single day here as it pertains to the world of sports, keeping it local here as we are Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. If you're looking for some programming tonight to listen to on ESPN Tucson, we're going to have the Valero Alamo Bowl, Oregon versus Oklahoma. At least that's what we're planning on, unless one of those teams decides to back out and leave a, a group of fans hanging at the uh, the venue a la ucla last night for the holiday bowl i digress we'll get into that uh in a, in a little bit because i do have some very strong opinions on some of these cancellations that are happening one of them affected the barstool sports arizona bowl and it is now affecting other bowl games and it's getting these cancellations are getting later and later and later in the process and just gumming things up so to speak so um Spears and Ollie are going to do their thing from 3 to 6 today. As I mentioned, they'll be at Barrio Brewing broadcasting live, enjoying delicious food and beer. I'm sitting here watching stuff on TV. But nonetheless, uh, join them at the Barrio Brewing Company. They're going to be on the air from 3 to 6, and then we'll pick up the Alamo Bowl in progress immediately following Spears and Ollie. They get to have their fun today all the way up until 6 o'clock. So uh, plenty of things coming up here on uh, ESPN programming. We'll keep you abreast of all of the live action. You can catch here, of course, your Tucson home for the Phoenix Suns, who got a tough, hey, it took, it took a tough L the other night, man. J- John Morant, what a spectacular player he is, man. I, You know, I, I, again, I, you know, I haven't been doing this show here in Tucson for as long as, uh, you know, as long as, you know, just more than a, a year and a half or so, but uh, almost two years now, I guess, but a long break in between. Um, you know, when when John Morant came out in the draft, I was very, very high on him. You just when you see somebody with that kind of athleticism and just some raw skills that just need to be developed over time, needed to needed to gain a little toughness, a little strength. Um, everything else was already there. You could just kind of see superstardom oozing from him, and as long as he can stay healthy, he is a remarkable basketball player. Like he is just, and he's fun to watch and players love playing with him. He shares the ball. He's not a complete ball hog. He's got a great personality and uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a John Morant fan. I didn't like the floater that he hit at the buzzer to beat the Suns the other night, but I am a John Morant fan. I love to watch him play. So um, we'll keep an eye on that. And of course, ESPN Tucson is your home for Phoenix Suns basketball. And uh, they're back on the hard court here to uh, the post-Christmas portion of their NBA season. Let's do some NFL Power Rankings. I was supposed to do it yesterday. Yesterday we had some technical difficulties, uh, a.k.a. internet was not working, and no internet, no radio show, unfortunately, for uh, for me, um, as I don't, of course, broadcast from in-studio except for a few times here and there when I'm in town, and because there've been a lot of canceled basketball games I'm not in town right now so I'm uh, stuck at home here in my office doing the show live but um let's do let's take a look at the power rankings here I do I do 16 as you know I do 16 teams throughout most of the season I do it every other week but then later in the season usually around like week 11 or 12 I just start doing it every week because as we're getting into crunch time and and games are more uh, highly scrutinized, as f- you know, far as performances, wins and losses, things like that. It's just better to do it uh, fluidly, weekly, and things like that. So let's begin with team number sixteen. Uh, first of all, some teams that have dropped out of the uh, of the power rankings. The uh, New Orleans Saints—they dropped out. I mean, for obvious reasons, they—they they don't have much of a team, or didn't have much of a team on Monday night to uh, to put out there. They're now seven and eight on the season, and uh, their chances of getting the playoffs are slim to none. Um, and the Steelers dropped out. I just don't—I uh, don't see it. They got swept by the Bengals again. You know, not sure, I shouldn't say again. They got swept by the Bengals this this year, uh, and I just—I I don't see them having enough offensive firepower to get that thing going. So 7-7 seven, seven and 1 are the, uh, the Steelers with two games to go. Mike Tomlin still flirting with that below 500 record that I predicted, so we'll see. And I'm not wishing for it, obviously, but uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. So debuting at number 16, their first appearance on the power rankings for this season, the Miami Dolphins. They are the first team in NFL history to have a seven-game losing streak and a seven-game winning streak in the same season. They opened the year with a big win, a surprising win, against the New England Patriots and then lost seven in a row. There was discussion that the Dolphins were looking for Deshaun Watson. They were trying to make a trade. The Tua was, was on the outside looking in. And lo and behold, now they've kind of put things together. Running game is working a little bit better. Defense is playing a lot better. And Tua was able to manage the game well enough to get them, you know, in positions to, to score and, and uh, really not make a whole ton of mistakes. They're eight and seven right now, and they got a shot to make the playoffs. So the Miami Dolphins, they are debuting at number sixteen on my power rankings, and look, it, it may be a little bit high, but I think a team with an eight and seven record that's had the wins and the win streak that they've had recently are uh, you know that's it's, it's a good good place for them to be right now. And Jalen Waddle, uh, gosh, what what a good player he is. Number fifteen. This team took a three-spot dive based on their and it, but they're lucky they didn't dive further. They're lucky that I like their quarterback and that I like uh, one of the more impressive players on a football field uh, in the entire NFL, Derwin James. But the Los Angeles Chargers right now sitting at 8-7 and seven after their incredibly disappointing loss to the Houston Texans over the weekend. They were thirteen and a half point favorites in that game, and this is why you don't go running to the, uh, you know, to the to the 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 ticket pole with the you know your mortgage in hand and lay it down on a football game, especially in the NFL, because you just never know when it's going to happen. Uh, so the you know, the Chargers take that L at Houston, putting their playoff lives in jeopardy. So we'll see if they can make a push here with Justin Herbert. If they can get Austin Eckler back healthy, that obviously helps. But uh, the Chargers and that run defense is very, very concerning. Worst in the league and getting worse week by week. Number 14, this team take a, took, takes a, a one-spot a one dive from their previous position. That's the Baltimore Ravens. Look, I'm not going to knock them too much. Yeah, they got blown out by the Cincinnati Bengals. They also had a complete patchwork defensive secondary in that game, you know, allowing for Joe Burrow to throw for 525 yards and not taking things away from Joe Burrow. He earned every bit of that 525 yards and four touchdowns and no interceptions, and he played great. Uh, but you know, the Ravens got blown out because they just didn't have the dudes on the back end to uh, cover all those great receivers that they have at Cincinnati. So the Ravens moved down to number 14. Number 13, this team is debuting at number 13 this season on my, uh, on my, my power rankings. Uh, look, y- you can't say enough about I- – I'm just so impressed with what the Philadelphia Eagles have done this year. I watched that team early. Uh, they, they would put up a little fight here and there, but you would just see them just get repeatedly punched in the mouth. It was kind of like watching, like you know, like the city of Philadelphia, like Rocky – you know, they, would, they wouldn't really defend themselves all that much. They would just kind of hope that the other team would break their hand while punching their face uh, and, and, you know, have to quit, and it didn't happen. So they changed some things around. They're now the best rushing team in the NFL. Jalen Hurts is managing the game well enough to not put them in bad situations. And I like the Philadelphia Eagles. I hated that team to begin the season. I don't mean hate with that type of, of you know, feeling. I meant that I just didn't think they were going anywhere. The head coach didn't impress me. Nick Sirianni, I was like, this guy's deer in headlights. He couldn't – that guy couldn't talk on a microphone to save his life. Thankfully, the games are not decided in the press room. They're decided on the football field and in the film rooms, and that's where Nick Sirianni really takes place. Um, Look – I don't know if Jalen Hurts will be the quarterback next year. He'll be a quarterback somewhere. It may not be in Philadelphia because I don't think he fully fits Nick Sirianni's system. But I'm impressed with Jalen Hurts. I like the job that he's done there. And the Eagles are impressive at 8-7 uh, at and seven right now. And they got a shot. They got a shot to get into the playoffs. Number 12, a team that takes a four-spot dive, maybe because I'm just more angry with them than anything for losing the Thursday night game in Tennessee the San Francisco 49ers come in at number 12. They're 8-7. and seven. They were previously number 8 in my power rankings. They had no business losing that football game, but Jimmy Garoppolo, and now we find out that he has a significant thumb injury that he suffered during that game against the Titans, and that is probably a good reason why things were looking so bad for him, why he was throwing so many bad balls in that game. Uh, you know, right now, you, you look at the team and they don't, they're going to be starting Trey Lance this weekend. I don't know what we're going to do of Trey Lance. We haven't seen him since mid October. He hasn't had a snap in the NFL since mid October. Kyle Shanahan's been kind of hiding him. I don't know if it's a good thing or if it's a bad thing. The optimistic fan in me wants to say, well, uh, you know, the, the, the no, nobody's been able to get any film on him. There's no, you know, there's there's no coaches film. We haven't seen him play. And Kyle Shanahan said that the month of November was the best. Month of practice he's seen out of Trey Lance, and maybe that's a good thing. the other half of me says he's not ready we didn't we didn't want him to play this year, and now he's going to with their playoff chances on the line so the 49ers sitting at twelve teetering on the uh, on the brink of playoffs and they got a huge help from the New Orleans Saints by losing or the Miami Dolphins I should say, but the the Saints losing on Monday night certainly helped the 49ers case. They just need to win one more game and or have. Uh, The Saints lose one more game, and they're in. Number 11, a team that was previously at number one on my power rankings, and oh, how they have fallen, the Arizona Cardinals. Sitting at number 11, I don't have to say much about them. I talked with Tyler Drake just 45 minutes ago about their demise this season. When I say that I don't think they're going to win another football game the rest of this season, I mean that. I don't say stuff that I don't mean. Uh, when when the fan asked me last night, "What do you think of the Arizona Cardinals?" I said, "I don't think they're going to win another game this year. They're going to lose at Dallas. They're going to come back home into a building at ten and six that they don't like playing in. That they turn the ball over in an exorbitant amount. They're going to be playing against a team who is hungry to play. Spoiler in the Seattle Seahawks and those games are always weird. It's always like a nineteen sixteen game or a twenty three to you know twenty three to nineteen game. They're always strange." Uh, you know, that oblong ball starts to roll a little bit differently in those Cardinals and Seahawks games. I don't think they're gonna win that game either. Because they're gonna be down on their luck, kicking rocks. Like, oh, we gotta go back home, we've lost five in a row, blah, blah, blah. This team is is destined for a losing streak to finish this season. And they're in the playoffs. They got you know, they got in because the Cowboys beat Washington uh, the other night. And uh, so they're in the playoffs, but uh, I, I don't I don't see them winning another game. I think they finish the season ten and seven. I think they lose whatever matchup they have in the first round of the playoffs. Top ten. Now we get to the uh, the teams that are generally considered to be contenders for a Super Bowl run, in my opinion. And I'm not gonna dis- I'm not I'll, I won't you know I'll unload the cart right now, uh, but I'll let you know who I think are pretenders and who contenders. Number ten right now, I got the Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati Bengals are still one of the most unpredictable teams in the NFL. You don't know which offense is going to show up. Thankfully for them, the defense is pretty much consistent. They give up about 22 points a game just about every single every single week in and out of the NFL. So you kind of know what you're going to get out of the defense. However... When you have a dynamic offense the way the Bengals do with a proclivity to not protect their quarterback, you're going to get things that happen throughout the season where they score 42 one week and then 13 the next week. Those are just kind of the things that happen when you have that type of offense. You know my love for Joe Burrow. Love the way he plays. Love his moxie. I think he is a, a, uh, you know, a, a meteor ready to, uh, ready to rise. Uh, and I, I think that, that you know, he eventually will be one of the great quarterbacks in this league. He's not there yet. I don't put him in my top five. I root for the guy because I like him, and I think they have some really good receivers on that team and a good, solid running back, and they're trouble for any team they play. Number nine on my power rankings, I have the New England Patriots. They slipped down. What did I have him at before? Number five. I had him at five before, so they slipped down to number nine. It's not the way that they lost to Buffalo. I mean, Josh Allen was a a ridiculous hero in that game. He was incredible. He put the team on his back. He earned that MVP, you know, preseason MVP uh, nod that he was getting from a lot of people by the way that he performed in that game. The Patriots played well. They just got beat by a, a player who was just hungrier and out to get them. My problem with the Patriots is this. You have a rookie quarterback and now people are kind of understanding what you get. Mac Jones did not have the high ceiling that a lot of the other quarterbacks in this draft class had. He does not have the high ceiling that a lot of the current in-place quarterbacks in the NFL currently have. That's kind of what you're noticing right now. He had a very high floor but a somewhat low ceiling. I think number nine for the Patriots is just kind of right on par where i thought they would be at the end of the, you know, by the end of this season i didn't expect mac jones to be this good this early but i expected them to be in games and win games and be right around a, you know a top 12 team or so in the league cuz that's what bill belichick does top 8 number 8 is the tennessee titans they're 10 and 5 now a team that continues to fight through adversity they've been missing like half of their offense for most of the season they just continue to turn on Ryan Tannehill, you look at his numbers and his metrics, he does not measure up to the other great quarterbacks in this league, but somehow he makes enough plays and finds ways to win football games. I'm not exactly sure what the Titans are, because you watch them week to week. One week they're dominating in the trenches and the defensive line, the next week they're getting blown out by a team who's running the football for 180 yards in the game. One week they're throwing the football all over the yard and Ryan Tannehill can't miss, the next week, he's throwing balls in the dirt, three interceptions, and can't hit a, the, the broadside of a barn. So they are very much a good football team when they put it all together. And if they can get healthy and put it all together, that's a team that could scare some people in the uh, in the postseason. In fact, I even have them as a contender for the Super Bowl because I just they, they have potential. They've got that potential boom about them. Number seven and moving up from uh, number ten in the previous week, the now nine and six Buffalo Bills, the uh, the Bills Mafia, came out to the airport to greet their team returning from New England the other night. It's a great fan base, and they've got a fantastic quarterback in Josh Allen. Again, put the team on his back, willed them to victory against their against their bitter rival, the New England Patriots. Their secondary is starting to get healthy now once again with their they got the great duo of safeties, right? Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. Great safeties that play for them. Their secondary with their corners is starting to get healthy again, and Stefan Diggs, who's one of the best route runners in the NFL and has good hands, is really starting to to make differences down the field. So I like Buffalo. I think they're also a contender for the Super Bowl. Number six on my power rankings, the Indianapolis Colts. We know they've got the roster. Apparently they've got the backup roster, too, because they came into Glendale and beat the Cardinals on Saturday night with about half of their available roster to them. They continue to do things well. That's a team that has an identity, right? That team has a great identity, very solid. They run the football on offense, and they play good, smash-mouth, turn-the-ball-over type of defense colts have that identity they're a contender for the for the super bowl in my opinion because they have talent and they have a great identity and a great running back and a quarterback who is still oh, i don't know i mean obviously the eagles got there with carson wentz they couldn't win it without nick Foles. so maybe the colts should have gotten nick Foles to begin with uh like i was calling for them to do in the preseason top five real quick we'll go into the uh, the top five here as we're up against the breaks. The were the rams With their win, they move up from number six into number five. They're now 11-4. and That team is dangerous. They've got talent all over the field on both sides of the ball. That team is very dangerous. Their one problem is their quarterback, and we saw what happens uh, when Matt Stafford has a bad game. They were able to still win that football game at Minnesota, even though Matt Stafford had one of his worst games, probably his worst game as a Ram, um, without question. The uh, They are still able to get that win on the road in Minnesota. Tough win for the Rams in spite of their quarterback play. Number four, now this team won, but I moved them down from three to four, and I'll tell you why. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they were previously number three in my power rankings. They're now number four. You talk about injuries. I don't know who's going to be catching the ball for them. And all of a sudden, Rob Gronkowski's got a case of the drops. Not sure how that happened or why it happened, but he's dropped four passes in the last two weeks. Two of them have been just wide open, like inexcusable drops that you never see out of Rob Gronkowski. I don't know if something's nagging him there, if those ribs are still a problem for him. He said he felt like he got shot uh, when he when he hurt when he, when he broke his ribs earlier in the season. Um, I still believe in Tom Brady. I still believe in that defense, but eh, uh, scoring points is going to be tough for them right now. Of course, with uh, Godwin on injured reserve and a whole lot of receivers that aren't able to go. So we'll see. I still think they're a contender for the Super Bowl, obviously, because of Tom Brady and for everything else they got going on. But I move them down to number four. Because the Cowboys were so impressive and continue to, keep, to be impressive week to week, I moved them up from number four previously to now number three. Talked about how their offense can just put up a massive amount of points even without trying to drive the ball down the field, right? A lot of times... You see teams like, like Cincinnati. When Cincinnati's hanging 42 on people, it's because they're driving the football down the field. Burroughs throwing 50-yard bombs to Jamar Chase and Taj Boyd. I mean, they're, they're just going you – know, they're, they're lighting it up. Dallas is is one of those weird teams where they put up points when they're a little more conservative because they have great playmakers. And on defense, my God, I, Micah Parsons is just he's, – he's a one-man wrecking crew. I saw the comp. Uh, earlier this week that people are comparing him to Lawrence Taylor. I consider Lawrence Taylor to be the greatest defensive player of all time, so I'm I'm not about to start anointing this young man the full comp to Lawrence Taylor, but my goodness, is he impressive. Number two, the Green Bay Packers. Again, a team that lost, but moves down. I wasn't impressed with their win at home against Cleveland when Baker Mayfield throws four picks and you can't even cover a 7 point spread against the Cleveland Browns with a quarterback who can't seem to find his own receivers. The Packers don't have a whole lot outside of, like if Aaron Rodgers were off that day, if Aaron if Aaron Rodgers were not the quarterback of the Packers, they'd be 3 and 13. Like they just they're that bad outside of Aaron Rodgers. All of a sudden the defense has started to show some some holes. I don't know if if you know it's it's you know, injuries or if it's fatigue or what. But, man, teams are running the football on the on the Packers right now. And the best thing you can do is run the football against them and keep Aaron Rodgers on the sideline. And that may be the difference in them winning a Super Bowl and not winning a Super Bowl. And finally, here they are, the Kansas City Chiefs, who have been climbing their way up the ladder of the NFL power rankings week to week and have an impressive set of victories in tow now as, uh, look, I think they're the best team in the league. They've got the dynamic quarterback. They've continued to stay somewhat healthy. The offensive line is really good. They may have the best center in the league in Creed Humphrey, and he's a rookie. They've got the dynamic running game. uh, Not running game, the dynamic uh, uh, speed guys, you know, of course, with Tyreek and all that, and and Travis Kelsey has been great. And the defense has been improving week to week as well. And you can never count out Andy Reid, who I just think is one of the best coaches of all time. So there you go. Those are my power rankings I'll post them on the Twitter there for you so you can actually see them in writing. But, yeah, the Chiefs, my new number one team in the NFL Power Rankings for this week. We'll see how that changes after this weekend's games. whole slew of games, big ones coming up uh, this weekend as well. So uh, stay tuned for that. Each win means even more in college football, and in the college football playoffs, it's even more prevalent. That's why FanDuel Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with 30-to-1 enhanced odds on any team to win their semifinal game. That means you can bet $5 and win 150 bucks on any team to make the final. If you've seen the spreads, you may think that's easy money, and it probably is because those are great odds. For me, I've already locked in my bets on the underdogs. And it's not just because I enjoy chaos in college football or I have a deep desire to watch the SEC fail. I truly think both Michigan and Cincinnati match up well against the, the teams that they're going up against this week, or, uh, this weekend and are worthy of a spot in the championship game. Now, just sign up for FanDuel Sportsbook. Use my promo code DEAN, okay? That's the only way that you're going to be able to get your 30-to-1 odds. Use my promo code, and you'll get those 30-to-1 enhanced odds to win uh, $150 on a $5 bet. Of course, FanDuel Sportsbook, the number one sportsbook in America. There's, they offer the, you know, the Venmo transactions, which is great. It's even more safe and secure than before. It's a simple, easy-to-use app, easy to set up. They always offer great promotions and offers. I just got one just now for something that's going on later today. And when you win, and you will, you get paid out in as few as two hours. It happens real, real quick. And if you're already uh, a, a member of FanDuel Sportsbook, that's cool. Remember, you can refer a friend, and starting on the third, you can refer a friend and get the uh, get into the sweepstakes for those Super Bowl tickets. But right now, if you refer a friend, you get fifty bucks, and your friend gets fifty bucks. Boom! Tons of promotions. Let's jump in right now and start playing because it is a whole lot of fun and it changes the dynamics of watching sports, of course. So don't miss your chance to get that 30-1 to enhanced odds on the college football playoffs. Download the FanDuel Sports app today or go to sportsbook.fanduel.com and use my promo code DEAN to get that special promotion. 21 or over in present in Arizona. New Year's is only. $10 first deposit is required. Must wager and designate an offer market. Max bonus $150. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you think you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342. Speaking of college football, plenty of bowl game cancellations. We'll talk about two in particular next right here on the Jeff Dean Show.
0: Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM 1049 FM ESPN Tucson.
1: Well, as you know, college football bowl season in full swing and uh, unfortunately there have been several cancellations including the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl. Now Boise State claims that they did not have enough scholarship players available to compete in that game. I don't know the, you know, the exact insides and outs of you know what their roster may look like. I know Texas A&M uh, earlier, you know, they said you know they, they only had eight, uh, 13 defensive scholarship players on scholarship to uh you know to their you know to their use, so they they backed out of their game. I don't know what Boise State's claims were. I just know that. The New Orleans Saints had 21 players on the COVID protocol list on Monday night. You can only dress 46 in the NFL. That leaves you 25 players. Now, granted, they were able to bring some guys from the practice squad and whatnot, but they did not dress 46 players, the, the, uh, the maximum, um, or I guess the required amount for an NFL game. And they went out and played a football game in the NFL. Now, again, don't get me started here on... The differences between amateurs and pros, I'm fully aware of that. I know that the professional guys are being paid to go out there and play football, and they should be out there playing football. My problem is with the NCAA and its lack of leadership in this particular situation. They're just allowing teams willy-nilly to call off bowl games because they claim they don't have enough players to play. Now, Boise State, this isn't the first time they've done this. If you remember last year's bowl season, I mean, after a a, a ridiculous season of college football that had been slammed together and some conferences got it right, some conferences got it wrong, certainly the Pac-12 didn't do a great job of uh, putting their season together. But if you remember last year, Boise State backed out of bowl season last year, citing mental, physical, and emotional hardship within the program due to COVID-19. So, like, you were the only ones that – had mental and physical and emotional hardships dealing with COVID nineteen. I mean, they were you know they were five and two last year. They were going to go play in a bowl game, <laughs> but they backed out because they were like, nope, our, our 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 players can't couldn't handle it. You know, we we had uh, emotional hardships uh, because of COVID. It, it hit us extra hard here in Boise. And then two days later, Brian Harson signs to be the head coach at Auburn. <laughs> so I'm not buying it. Central Michigan, of course, now traveled 300 miles west. To, they're going to play uh, Washington State in the Sun Bowl. Thankfully, Central Michigan was game. They were already here. Like, hey, we'll just run over to El Paso and play a game because I was I was upset the Sun Bowl was going to be canceled. That's a, you know that's a huge thing, and I don't, I don't live in El Paso. You know, whatever. Um, but it's a, it's a huge deal for them. They go all out in the Sun Bowl. That's like their thing. So I'm glad to see Central Michigan was able to uh, make things work out. They're going to play Wazoo in the Sun Bowl. Glad to see that. Boise State, on the other hand, like, hey, if you don't want to play, okay, and it it appears that you don't, like that's that's the way it appears to me. To you know, last year you're like, nah, we we had you know we had emotional hardships. We don't want to we don't want to play. We're we're emotionally not ready to play in this game because COVID hit us so hard here in Boise. <sighs> The only thing I you know what I see in my mind when I hear stuff like that? I can see the 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 video gif, right? Those those gifs, those memes, I can see Kobe Bryant on a basketball court just shouting soft. Soft. That's what I see in my mind when I hear these types of things. Soft. Now, what UCLA did yesterday to the Holiday Bowl to the NC State Wolfpack, their program, their fans, and to other fan and to UCLA's own fans for that matter, wasn't soft, was outright disrespectful and asinine. Because they backed out of their bowl game five hours prior to kickoff. And they didn't even notify NC State. NC State found out through the grapevine that UCLA wasn't going to play. <laughs> We're going to talk about UCLA on the other side of the break because I have problems with them on more than just one front. And I'm talking about the men's basketball program as well because they have been canceling games left and right in men's basketball at UCLA. But there was a story written yesterday about how they're enjoying practice time with their coach, Mick Cronin, and they're getting ready for the conference season. So let me get this straight you cancel was it five games six games it was by the time they play another basketball game it will have been 27 days between games but they can have 10 practices in that time (sighs) oh i was heated yesterday as were a lot of wildcat fans stay tuned because on the other side of the break we're going to talk about that exactly how that's going down and Give you my opinions on it. Stay tuned right here to ESPN Tucson. It's the Jeff Dean Show.
0: The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson.
1: So the Holiday Bowl that was to be played last night the NC State Wolfpack and UCLA Bruins was canceled five hours before kickoff. Uh, as UCLA, it was first reported by Fox, like Fox Sports had first reported it, and then it had to be confirmed, like UCLA came out with it at that point. It was at 1.30 yesterday afternoon, UCLA posted on Twitter, it is with great regret that we, uh, we have to bow out of the Holiday Bowl. We only have two defensive linemen, yada, yada, yada. The pro, that's how NC State found out, too. Like, we all found out at the same time. Like, they didn't call NC State and was like, hey, you know, we just got a slew of positive tests. Uh, we're like, what, what, what are you doing? Like, seriously, like, what is happening? Why why are you waiting so long and why aren't you notifying the other team? Five hours before kickoff? The fans on, the fans on Twitter were, were just, they were livid. Like, NC State fans, UCLA fans were upset, too. Uh, because a lot of you know fans drove from L.A. or other places in California to go to San Diego for the for the game at Petco Park. But there were people that flew, you know, three thousand miles, drove three three thousand miles, had hotel for the last week, went and spent a ton of money. You know, this was like their vacation. Believe it or not, there are you know there are fans that are willing to travel and and make this their vacation plans to go to a bowl game and watch their beloved team play in you know some other city and. All across the country, and blah, blah, you know, this, that's a regular occasion. Imagine being that person. Imagine being at the tailgate outside of Petco Park as an NC State fan, having a good old time, dressed in your red, ready to watch the Wolfpack play a game, the Holiday Bowl, and talking about next year. What am we going to do next year at quarterback? And, you know, all of a sudden, you get a notification that UCLA backed out and the game is off. <laughs> wow. Now, again, this is. This is a situation where, yeah, I mean, the the anger, rightfully so, directed at UCLA. I mean, you know, why are you testing players the day of? Why, you know, why all of a sudden five hours before kickoff do you only have two defensive linemen? Are we are we just now testing five hours before kick? Uh, you know what what's happening there? But honestly, the NCAA allowing this to just happen like there's no leadership. Once again, the NCAA. When COVID started last year, okay, when when we had this whole thing, and, and there were there were you know conference uh, tournaments being canceled in college basketball and baseball and stuff was all being canceled, softball, and the NCAA said, you know what, we're we're not gonna we're not gonna be involved in this, and they just dropped the bag and walked away. So you guys deal with it, deal with it as 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 your as a conference. All the conferences will deal with this individually. <laughs> oh, thanks a lot. I'm so thankful that we funnel all that money to your organization to help run our championships and programs and stuff, and the NCAA will continue to say our job is to crown champions in all of the sports and college you know, college athletics, blah, blah, blah. Make a ton of money off of it. You should be able to offer some leadership in some areas, especially in times of need like this. So you meet, you know, immediately I'm like, UCLA, you dogs. Like, you, like, what are you, like why are you doing this? And then immediately my anger turned to the NCAA. I'm like this is your fault for just dropping the bag handing it to you know whomever and saying here you guys figure it out we're we're, we're out we're not going to have any guidelines for this we're not going to set any any stipulations there's not going to be any rules for this you know it's just if if you, if you want to cancel a game just just cancel the game and walk away <laughs> wow all right so that's how it is it's just it's just a free for all like if you want to play, you will. If you don't want to play, you won't. That's not that's not how you run a sport, a sport that generates billions of dollars a year. I wonder if they would allow the same thing to happen if Cincinnati all of a sudden was like, yeah, you know what, yeah, we're not going to play in that uh, semifinal game against Alabama. We're happy to have been, been named and we're sad that we can't play in this game against a great opponent. We're bowing out five hours before kickoff of a, of a college football playoff. I guarantee you the NCAA get involved then because you're messing with their money. Now on to men's basketball. Let's take a look at, at, at UCLA's – let's take a look at their schedule right now because, you know, UCLA men's basketball has been they, – they've been off for a while. It seems like forever since they've played a game, right? Well, I mean, it's, it's certainly been a while. I forgot they played that Marquette game um not too long ago they actually you know got that game scheduled and got it in i don't know how or why the game that they won uh up in uh, up in Milwaukee uh, on uh, on December 11th so since then they've been on pause they canceled the games against the Arizona schools tomorrow and Saturday they were supposed to play host supposed to host Arizona state those games have been canceled um and by the time they play again it'll be at Stanford maybe on January 6th, which will have been, let's see, 12, let's carry the 1, 19, twenty six. 26 days since they've played a basketball game. 26 days. But they're practicing because it was out there yesterday, right? The pictures from from the you know Los Angeles newspapers and the guys who cover the you know the beat writers for UCLA basketball are out there like oh the Bruins are practicing today and Mick Cronin's got them back on the court and stuff and all of a sudden people are like wait a second they haven't played a game in like three weeks why why are they practicing and canceling games Arizona fans certainly wanted to know Arizona fans want a piece of that <laughs> Arizona fans are hungry like we don't Arizona fans don't back down Wildcat fans want to play basketball and that was even more evident from a tweet that I saw yesterday that had me laughing. So UCLA is going to cancel these games, postpone them, without any repercussion because they're no longer forfeits. They are no contest. I guarantee you if those had been forfeits where UCLA was going to go 0-2 this weekend as opposed to there being a no contest, no game, I guarantee you those games would be happening. 100 percent it's because there's no repercussions because pac-12 was like "Eh, we're going to consider them no contest now instead of a forfeit so just cancel any games you want at no for at no cost to you give me a break now these are home games obviously they're going to lose the revenue although if you've watched ucla basketball over the last i don't know decade or so you'd know that they only fill about half of that stadium or half of the, the arena except when they play arizona Fans show up for Arizona like they do everywhere. Even even at Washington State, the fans show up. Twenty six days, no games, but they'll be able to practice ten times before they play that game against Stanford in January. It's not right. It's not right. And Arizona Wildcat fans are letting them hear it. They they Wildcat fans took to Twitter. I was having a ball yesterday just sitting back and reading on Twitter and looking at all the stuff that was going on wildcat fans were dragging that name dragging it it was great to see then i saw something that really piqued my interest something that you, you know you know you're dealing with with wildcat fans with a with a hungry fan base when you see something like this the the beat writer for the Kansas Jayhawks basketball team i don't know what his name is tweeted out yesterday that Bill self was potentially looking for two opponents to fill in their schedule over the next next two weeks or so. like they you know Kansas basketball is looking for some games. they don't they they had some teams back out teams that were they were supposed to play are on pause. Kansas supposed to play ball like Kansas got a team they want to play ball. There were 87 when, when I checked it, there were 87 comments under this guy's thread. 87. I kid you not, ladies and gentlemen, 84 of them. Were Arizona Wildcat fans being like, play us. We'll sign up. Where you want to play? Let's meet in the middle. Let's play ball. Let's do this. Let's throw down. Wildcat fans were wilding yesterday. They were like, screw UCLA. <laughs> screw USC, and although USC's got legitimate issues. I know that. Uh, and it, it's not like you know they've only been on pause for a week and a half. <laughs> they were like, screw UCLA. We'll go play Kansas instead. God, I love Wildcat fans. Basketball fans, you guys are awesome. Like anytime, anywhere. uh, We don't care who the opponent is. Let's play ball. And look, part of that is because this product that we're seeing is so exciting, right? Like that's part of the 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 reason why. If we were watching a team that were coached by, you know, by Kevin O'Neal, where they're you know averaging fifty six points a game, uh, I don't think fans would be so. So uh, you know, wanting to to put our name in the hat to go play Kansas somewhere. But fans want to see this product, like they really do, and right, everybody wants to see this product. It's the best product in college basketball. The way this team plays, it is the best watch in all of college basketball. Ask anyone, ask any of the national writers who you like to see play. They always they, they say the same thing. I like, I love to watch Arizona play. Wildcat fans. 84 of the 87 comments on this dude's thread were Wildcat fans like, let's go, bring it, tell Bill Self, we'll play him anywhere. I love it. You guys are the best. All right, I'm going to take a timeout. When I return, I'll put a big bright red shiny bow on today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. That's next right here on ESPN Tucson.
0: The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 a.m. 104.9 FM ESPN Tucson.
1: Well, even though the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl got canceled, we're still throwing a party in Tucson. 1490 a.m. 104.9 FM ESPN Tucson presents the Taco Bell New Year's Eve Downtown Bowl Bash this Friday night. It's going to be taking place at Tucson's Times Square. You can enter at the corner of Tool and Congress at starting at 6 p.m. It's free to get in, free, total free admission. There's going to be plenty of entertainment there, live music from 80s and gentlemen and from the Plain White Tees. There's a beer garden. There's food trucks. There's stuff for the kiddos, so bring the whole family. And we're going to ring in the new year at midnight with the famous taco drop and a fireworks display from the roof of the Hotel Congress. If you need more details, you can always go to ESPNTucson.com and get your info right there. Um, you know, the the loss of John Madden and I opened the show with that. Certainly, you know a, a um, you know he was eighty five, so it's not like oh it's such a you know tragic and un, you know untimely death and you know all this other stuff. He, you know, nobody knew if he was struggling with anything. Um, I know to a lot of people that were close to him say that this was a surprise, um, his passing. So that's that's very unfortunate. Thankfully, we have so much. From him, from his time in sports, whether it be coaching or in his broadcasting days, his production company, which did a lot of work, um, you know, producing, you know, films and things like that. And we have this new documentary that just came out and there's going to be other stuff out and about there. There's there's tons of of B-roll and outtakes and such. There was a story. That uh, when they were when Tom Rinaldi and uh, the other guy that was doing the 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 the, the production on the uh, documentary, I can't remember his name, but they they they're, they're both great uh, documentarists, So uh, Rinaldi does a phenomenal job. When they were doing the uh, doing the the documentary and interviewing all these people, they were the one thing that they said surprised them. Number one, the thirty eight people that they requested interviews from, all thirty eight accepted the interview which never happens, never happens in that situation. They also said that every single one of those 38 people were more than gracious to give more time that they were asked of, and that when they presented John Madden with the, with the final production, they had a role of outtakes where they basically just asked the 38 people they interviewed, can you say something directly, you know, personally to John himself? that outtake roll was 52 minutes long, 38 people. It just shows you the impact that he had on people's lives in and around the world of football. That's going to wrap things up for today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. Thanks to Tyler Drake from Arizona Sports, our Cardinals insider, as he joined us today, as he always does, Wednesdays at 7.30. And, of course, thanks to Mary back in studio for... Pushing all the buttons and keeping me on the air today. Look forward to seeing you guys tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. Spears and Ali today from 3 to 6 from the Barrio Brewing Company. And you guys have a great day. We'll see you again tomorrow right here on 1490 a.m. 104.9 FM ESPN Tucson.
0: Thanks for listening to The Jeff Dean Show, Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Jeff will be back tomorrow morning at 7 on ESPN Tucson. From the Casino del Sol studio, the soul of Tucson, this is ESPN Tucson. KFFN Tucson, KWCX Tanka Verde, KMXZ HD for Tucson.